Welcome to Acona Beyond the Articles, the podcast of Acona Online, the student-run newspaper for the Academy of the Holy Names in Tampa, Florida. Each episode is hosted by our staff members in which they give their opinions on a variety of current topics. We publish one episode per week, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, let's start the episode. So, hey guys, welcome to Acona's podcast. Um, I'm junior staff writer Amara Saez. I'm sophomore staff writer Chloe Mintz. And the topic for this podcast is mental health. Um, we felt that it was so easy to talk about physical health, but not about mental health. And we wanted to make this podcast to kind of address that issue. And we both have similar experiences regarding mental health, so we wanted to combine forces to tackle this topic. We felt that since mental health is often shoved aside in like everyday conversations in life, um, it'd be cool to create an opportunity to talk about it here on this podcast. And obviously, despite all the progress we've made regarding mental health, there's still a lot of stigma surrounding the topic, and especially stigma surrounding teens and mental health. Mm-hmm. And like we would like to preface that we obviously don't want to trigger anyone, quote-unquote, and that it is a complicated topic, but our goal is only to shed light on the situation when it's often ignored. Yeah, we're not doctors or therapists, but um, we've been through this. Both of us have, you know, different experiences, but still similar in, in the fact that, you know, we've been to therapy and things like that, so we just wanted to um, address this topic and let other people know that, hey, if you're struggling with your own mental health, that you're not alone and that there's people who've, you know, can help you and that we've all been there. Mm-hmm. So now we're speaking with Miss Pantella. She's a high school counselor for 11th and 12th grade. Uh, Miss Pantella, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I am Miss Pantellas and I am the high school counselor, like Mar said, for the juniors and the seniors. I attended the academy and graduated um, in 2007. I'm a proud alum and I'm happy to be speaking with Chloe and Amara today. So Chloe, if you want to start us off. So today we're just here to talk about mental health etiquette. Now Omar and I both struggle with mental health sometimes and we've had similar circumstances and like we deal it, deal with it in similar ways. Mm-hmm. But we just really wanted to discuss how to talk about it in a normal conversation because sometimes it can be overlooked mm-hmm. just because not many people are comfortable with mental health because it's such an obscure thing. Like you can't see stress mm-hmm. and you can't see pain. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult for some people to really comprehend. So we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we can kind of shed light on the situation in an open and respectful manner. Yes, yeah, very important. Mm-hmm. And then we wanted to ask you, like, as a counselor, what are some, like, positive ways that we can encourage conversations about mental health, like, at home, at school, or, like, with our friends? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing you can do is normalize it. So a lot of people, it's stigmatized, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of uh, microaggressions in regards to just mental health and mental illness. And so what happens is people feel invalidated or they feel less than when they are diagnosed with something. And so bringing it about in normal everyday conversations, not like saying, you know, I have depression and telling everybody everything, but normalizing it and saying you know sometimes I struggle and maybe putting yourself out there first in a normalized way in a normalized conversation and also calling attention to when maybe someone is using a microaggression um, making that you know not not making them feel excluded or making them feel bad about what they said but you know that comment that you just referenced it hurt me or it would hurt somebody that suffers from bipolar disorder or anxiety or something like that and, and calling attention to it. But the most important thing you can do is just to normalize it. Talk about it. Tell people when you've had a, a bad day. Tell people when you've had a good day and be 
authentically yourself. And we talked about the positive, mm-hmm. you know, toxicity and all of that. It, mm-hmm. It's all together. Be authentically yourself. I'm glad you brought that up because um, the whole thing about like microaggressions, mm-hmm. we've, we've noticed that a lot mm-hmm. of academy, um, specific, specifically the way people talk about mental health here, mm-hmm. like a lot of times it's based off of generalizations and stereotypes mm-hmm. or they'll use like insensitive language, mm-hmm. kind of like I'm so depressed or she's so OCD mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. But like you said, could be like yeah. insensitive. Yeah. So we kind of wanted um, to ask you, like, what's the best way to call out somebody? Mm-hmm. Because when you try to, you know, address that, sometimes mm-hmm. it can come off as um, aggressive yeah. or um, isolating. And then mm-hmm. you don't, in the end, it just doesn't work out. It just causes more harm than good. Yes. So what do you think are, like, the best way yeah, to so address that? It's a very careful situation because you can make someone feel badly mm-hmm. rather than empowering them with information. So... Um, if someone is to say, if someone's to say, oh my gosh, I'm so depressed right now, what I would do is show genuine care and concern, actually pull them aside and say, I'm, you know, I'm worried about you. Do you need support? Do you need help? Or in a, in a very genuine way. Mm-hmm. And if they say, oh my gosh, no, I just said that. Then you, then you can address it and say, you know, that saying something like that trivializes and minimizes the person who does struggle with depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can also make them feel badly even more badly about themselves when they already suffer from something that they feel can be debilitating to them so coming out with care and concern using I feel language I feel hurt by that statement my friend would feel hurt by that statement whatever it is that's the best way to go about it because what if that's the only comfortable way that somebody has to tell you about a mental illness or about something that they suffer or struggle with And then you invalidate them in return by saying, you shouldn't be saying that, right? Yeah. So it is, because mental health and mental illness is so stigmatized, it's it's almost like you do have to tread lightly on some of these conversations. But people are microaggressed all the time, invalidated all the time, told to just calm down, all those different things. And it, you need to to treat every conversation with the care and concern that you would want to treat somebody that does actually suffer from that illness with. Because then it shows them the importance of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's also not only when like you're talking to other people, mm-hmm. but especially with yourself. Like I've noticed, so I have anxiety, mm-hmm. and that's something that I've obviously come to terms with, mm-hmm. and I'm very comfortable with speaking about with like my peers mm-hmm. and anyone that is asking me about mm-hmm. it. But I definitely knew that before. I was very concerned with this because it's this big term that is kind of general, and I didn't really think about it like applying mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, one of the best things that we can perhaps do, at least, like, this is, like, what my therapist has told me and numerous other people have said, is that we all have, I don't want to say, like, a weakness, but mm-hmm. we all have, like, this <clears throat> kind of different side of us that mm-hmm. might be might be a weakness. Mm-hmm. I think that's just important to know that we're all... Some people equal. call it, like, your shadow self, like, the self yes. that you want to hide from others because you're embarrassed or ashamed or worried of what they'll think of you, like... It's mm-hmm. some, everybody has one. Everybody mm-hmm. has one. No matter if you have a, a diagnosable mental illness or not, everybody's got something that they're keeping that they might show to their parents or they might show to their best friend, but they're not going to show outwardly to the world. And so we just don't treat each other with the compassion and empathy that we should be. And if we did, this mental health stigmatization would be totally, I mean, dispersed. <clears throat> like, it wouldn't even be existing anymore. But unfortunately, that's not the way we talk to each other all the time. Yeah. And I think a lot of people fail to realize that mental health is so varied and that can apply to everybody. You don't just have to have, like, a, a diagnosed disease to talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mental health can be something as simple as, like, oh, you're stressed about a, ma- mm-hmm. like a math test. Exactly. Or something. It exactly. doesn't have to be, um, 
I guess, a diagnosed disease mm-hmm. for you to be concerned mm-hmm. about your mental health. And, um, and I also want to acknowledge that you shared something. And mm-hmm. that's really important, Chloe, because if somebody shares something like that, we should all give credence to that person and say thank you for sharing that in a genuine mm-hmm. way. You don't want to diminish right. them or make them feel like condescended to or whatever, but thank you for sharing that and for putting yourself out there in this podcast. Like, that's important. It takes a lot of courage, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then I kind of wanted to talk about how mental health these days is sort of glorified in the media and Mm -hmm. I know for you you've kind of seen like um the effects of that within Mm -hmm. our AHN community Mm -hmm. um I feel like mental health in the media is portrayed very negatively or inaccurately Mm -hmm. and um it's often like just wrong or traumatizing Mm -hmm. or like it's just not not the way Mm -hmm. um it should be portrayed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. have you like noticed any like um like effects within our community about like I know like the show like 13 reasons why was yes. a really big deal yeah that came out I think when I was in eighth grade yeah and, and my, the, the book came out I got so early from like my principal like to not read the book or to really? not watch the show my yeah. counselor in eighth grade did the same thing she mm-hmm. emailed all the parents she's like hey guys this show has just come out um please ask your children if they're watching it and if they are maybe watch it with them and mm-hmm. just um know that I'm available to you know help anybody who's and that's struggling. the approach you should take we sh- because we shouldn't shy away from conversations like that mm-hmm. but you should be with someone having these conversations I think what happens a lot of times is people we talk about mental health all the time mm-hmm. we talk about you know stress all the time anxiety all the time but we never just stop and like check in and just actually support each other through that and it's you've people throw it out there like it's like you need to drink water like I have anxiety like Mm -hmm. you know people throw it out there but we never actually check in on those people with each other with with our parents whatever so sitting with your parent and watching a show like 13 reasons why and having a dialogue and discussion about it is really important because suicide prevention is probably one of the biggest things that we need to focus on Mm -hmm. it is on the rise among your age group 10 to 19 year olds it is the second leading cause of death other than accidental death and that is unacceptable yeah, mm-hmm. I think it like uh, talking about that. How you like it's on the on the rise within mm-hmm. our age group. I think mm-hmm. it's a, um, something that a lot of older people, at least in my life, have overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, when I tell them, oh, I'm I'm suffering with my mental or like with my mental health or I'm mm-hmm. struggling, um, a lot of the times I'm met with, oh, you're too young or you shouldn't feel that way. You're like mm-hmm. invalidated by mm-hmm. my age, and mm-hmm. I'm glad that you bring that up because it's not mental health doesn't have an age. Like no, nope. anybody mm-hmm. can nope. struggle with it. So uh, anybody, mm-hmm. you you have infants that suffer from attachment disorders. Like yeah. they they have mental health issues. So mm-hmm. it it starts when you're born. I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like when we push those conversations aside, it just makes you feel even worse. Like for mm-hmm. people that are dealing with certain stressors at that time, it makes you feel even worse about yourself. And it's like something that you should be scared of because mm-hmm. it's like a no no topic mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I definitely know at least like personally that Mm -hmm. I'm like oh my gosh should I be concerned about this Mm -hmm. and obviously I should perhaps have some concerns but it definitely should not be to the extent in which I feel like I'm isolated or different than my peers exactly everyone kind of deals with it in their own way no matter how small or how big it may be can I bring in a reference from the outside am Mm -hmm. I allowed to okay so Christopher Wood he was an actor in like Vampire Diaries and he was an actor in um Supergirl Mm -hmm. yeah he has a campaign called I Don't Mind, and it's literally about de- destigmatization and about normalizing, you know, mental illness as saying it's just something that 
some people can suffer from and we need to be having this conversation more openly and out there and he posts about it all the time um and I actually a couple years ago joined up with that campaign got a shirt like different things and um it because it's I don't mind talking about my mental health Mm -hmm. I don't mind sharing with others about my experience and I don't mind listening to what others are are going through and it's a really really powerful message and the stuff that he's done and what he shared has really empowered a whole community to look at it in a much different way. So there's there's a lot of resources like that out there. I mean, he's just he's going along with the National Alliance for Mental Health or Mental Illness actually, um, NAMI, and he he's doing a campaign for them too. So it, it, there's but there he's not the only one. Everybody is trying to normalize and destigmatize, but when you have people left and right invalidating you or saying because of your age you mm-hmm. can't possibly feel that or just calm down or you know, you get all A's, you must, nothing must be wrong with you, you know, all those kinds of things come at you every single day, every single day, from everybody, from your peers, from your teachers, from me, from your parents, we all do it, you know, (laughs) yeah. And that's kind of, like, another reason why we wanted to, like, talk about this, is like Mm -hmm. you said, like, we do want to contribute to um, the destigmatization of Mm -hmm. mental health, like, Mm -hmm. I know when I brought the idea up of this um, podcast, and I told Chloe, like, hey, like, this is what I'm thinking about, Chloe was like, oh my gosh, I suffer too with my mental health. Mm-hmm. I would love to do mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. with you. And like her, just her validating my idea mm-hmm. made me feel better. So my hope is that through this podcast and through talking about it, we can, you know, have a similar effect for other people mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you, cause you did kind of briefly mention it yeah. about um, listening to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know sometimes for me, um, obviously since I have experienced my friend, sometimes will come to me and tell me like, Hey, like I'm struggling with this or that. And I, to a certain extent can deal with it but yeah. it sometimes gets to the point where I'm like okay um, I need you to go confide in somebody else because yeah. like it yeah. starts to take a toll on me yes. mm-hmm. how do you find a balance between listening to others but also taking mm-hmm. care of yourself well it's important time? to know that nobody here is therapist mm-hmm. right and yeah. it, it's really hard to find that balance and not feel like you're shunning somebody or shutting mm-hmm. them down um, but what you know what I would say in that moment is you know this I'm protecting myself and my mental health. I would love to help you talk to somebody. I would love to help you, whatever. I'll go with you. I'll, you know, I can be that person. And then it, it can alleviate that burden off of you because if you don't take care of yourself first and mm-hmm. foremost, if you don't focus on what's really going on with you first and foremost, there's no way that you can be a good, like a good support for anybody else. And so I think we also have to have like some acknowledgement of that to say if my friend tells me that she needs to take care of herself first or you know my parent or whatever that that's not them saying that I'm too much of a burden on them that's them saying like in a different way Mm -hmm. that I I want to support you but I have to support myself first and we need to be okay with that as a community it's really hard because you feel like I'm not important to them yeah you -hmm. feel like I'm a burden to them and then you go within yourself even more but I think we just, you know, empower them to go see somebody else and say, I'm here for you. I'm your friend. I love you. I care about you. But I would, I think this is beyond what I can do for you. And I'd love for you to talk to, is there anybody else that you can talk to about this? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what do you do in those situations? Like, what have you done in those situations? For me, I always try to um, refer them to somebody else mm-hmm. or somebody that I can, I have confided in mm-hmm. um, and be like, hey, 
I've tried talking to this person, mm-hmm. it helps for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe this would be a good person for you to try talking mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Or if it's something like extremely serious where I feel like, okay, this person is endangering themselves or yeah. people around them, yeah. I always go straight to either a counselor mm-hmm. or um, a par- like my parents. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I'm really close to my parents. That's and awesome. Like we have a good yeah. relationship. So um, whenever I'm feeling that type of way, I can always um, confide that's in them awesome. and tell them. Yeah, and- you should never take on an issue if it's going to involve self harm mm-hmm. or something that never. That, yeah. That, but if it's like, you know, let's say they're going through a breakup and it, it they're they're really immensely sad and they just need to share with you, but you realize it's starting to take a toll on you, um, that's when it's like, is that manageable for you to be a support? Yeah. Yes. But is it too much for you? Yes. Mm-hmm. At the same time, like you're taking on too much. <clears throat> Everybody needs to. I call it squeeze your sponge. <laughs> yeah. You have you take on all this water from everywhere, from your classes, from your friends, from your parents' expectations, whatever it is. Sometimes you just need to squeeze your own sponge, and mm-hmm. then you can take on more stuff. Yeah. But until sure. you do that first, you can't take on anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's the most trivial thing of your your friend didn't do well on a test and they're really worried about it or something. It doesn't matter if it's it's something minimal if it's too much for you that's important for you to acknowledge that and say it out loud yeah and sometimes those like little things like even it may not seem like the lot but like somebody telling you like hey i'm stressed out or like uh something as simple as like Mm -hmm. you said like a math test like Mm -hmm. all those little things like build up and i know Mm -hmm. for me like they definitely do because i um at least with me and my mental health like Mm -hmm. i always um struggle with the way that i release my stress Mm -hmm. And oftentimes those little things build up mm-hmm. and then I explode and then obviously that's not healthy to yep. like do it that, deal with it that way. And I've, that's something that I've been trying to get mm-hmm. better at, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks for sharing that too. Mm-hmm. I think totally transparently, um, for me, uh, you know, you, as a counselor, you take on a yeah, lot. Yeah, right? I was say like, that's a lot. So if, and I have struggled, um, just with the things that you take on sometimes. Mm-hmm. So what I found is if I'm not doing the stuff that I need to for myself outside of here, like if I'm not journaling, if I'm not exercising, if I'm not eating healthily, then I cannot be the most, the best counselor that I can for other people. And it does affect my own mental health and I get in, in my own head in my own way. So in order for us to be better for other people, what I, the thing that I go by is one person instead of trying to be everything to everybody instead of trying to be the top student in everything instead of trying to be the best counselor to everybody I just try to make a good impact on one person and what ends up happening because I lessen the emphasis on what I need to do and how I need to be all to everybody it actually makes me be able to be more open to helping more people Mm -hmm. in a better headspace so everybody should be taking care of themselves first and foremost and doing those little things to squeeze your sponge because then you can actually listen to your friend when they're going through something. Then you can yeah. actually be more supportive. So, and it's okay if sometimes you just hit a wall. <laughs> but we really do want to be there for each other because that's the whole point of this yeah. talk is okay. to be there for each other. So you just can't do it without taking care of yourself first and doing those little things that help you cope and those little things that help you de-stress. I kind of want to like talk to like both of you guys about what... Um, you guys do to de-stress. So I know you mentioned yeah. you take, try to take care of mm-hmm. yourself about mm-hmm. your clothes. Do you have anything you like you know specifically do I really like reading that's that's Mm -hmm. one of my personal favorite hobbies but one thing that I've always kind of liked about it is obviously when I deal with a lot of stress is this is gonna sound really odd but you're reading a story about someone else entirely and you put yourself Mm -hmm. in another world yes Mm -hmm. so I'm no longer Chloe Mm -hmm. but I'm like this character in my book Mm -hmm. and it's just a really awesome way to not really think Mm -hmm. about anything so I really like doing that that's actually a tactic is visualization, visualizing mm-hmm. yourself as somebody else. Like, let's say you're struggling with studying for a test and you think you're completely incapable and you're going to fail. You can literally like 
it, it's so strange but you visualize yourself maybe in like a suit and armor like <laughs> fighting the test yeah. like something it's a tactic it literally is like you take on a character or you visualize yourself like crushing the test and getting a high five from your teacher or something like that and it it, it helps a yeah. lot it mm-hmm. helps a lot I know for me like because I struggle with test anxiety a lot mm-hmm. um that's something my therapist recommended was like picture yourself going into the test and doing amazing like mm-hmm. it's two plus two and you know it like it's so easy <laughs> yeah. like, that's how yeah. easy it is for you yeah that's awesome and it, it's work it works like when yep. you go into it with that like type of attitude mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah yeah I journal every day yeah, every day it doesn't matter what <clears throat> I find a time to do it and I take the time whether it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes like I, mm-hmm. I have to get my thoughts out on paper mm-hmm. I think it's a um talk about time a lot mm-hmm. of an excuse that a lot of people use is oh I don't have time or I don't have time to take care of myself mm-hmm. or put aside for mm-hmm. this but like it's so important to do, like, make yeah. time, especially for yourself and for your mental health. Here's the thing, though. You don't take the time, you're going to shut down somewhere else and take time from that other thing. Yeah. You true. don't take time for yourself. So Denise Pope, another reference, Denise Pope wrote a book um, that our, our whole counseling department actually read together. Mm-hmm. Um, Overloaded and Underprepared, I think it's called. I'll check on that for you. But um, she talks about the three most important things that every person, but really every teen needs every day, playtime, downtime, family time, mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, all you're doing is turning into a little stress bubble, going from one activity to the next activity to the next activity. Mm-hmm. And playtime and downtime can look like totally different things. Family time can look like totally different things, but you need an element of that every single day. Mm-hmm. If you don't take that time, you're not going to have time for something else. You're going to shut down. You're going to blank out on a test. You're going, whatever it is, something's going to happen. You're going to cry through a whole day, yes. whatever it is, <laughs> because you haven't taken those little steps. So if you could take five minutes here and 30 minutes here and whatever, it makes, it changes your whole outlook. Yeah. I think, I know for me, like you said, like I go through the day kind of like a zombie. Like I'm not like, and when I don't make time for myself, I, it's just so bad. Like, I end up being less efficient than if I would have just taken those extra, mm-hmm. like, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> compose myself. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. Or just take a nap when you need yes. to... When you feel like you need to take a nap. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? Yeah. Because a majority of the time, like, when I'm trying to get work done and mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm just pushing myself to the limits and I don't really have... Mm-hmm any more energy mm-hmm. I end up spending a lot of time procrastinating yep. and stressing and yep. not actually doing anything yep. but like in a bad mind state yep. when I should be it would be better if you got up at that moment and took a walk out in nature or you played with yeah. your puppy or you literally just like laid on the bed and did nothing like it would <laughs> be so much better if you just yeah. did that time yourself 20 minutes there you go and come back at it you know I think that's something at least at academy that I've noticed a lot is like um the environment that we're in is very mm-hmm. academically challenging and mm-hmm. that can be stressful for a lot of girls and I know um I know I, my friends struggle with balancing mental health and school world mm-hmm. school work mm-hmm. and like their social lives mm-hmm. and it's kind of like um it's like really challenging to have a balance between you know school and your mental health and also your social life it's just hard it really is and I definitely think this talk is not about college, and obviously, I'm only a sophomore, so I yeah. don't know much, yeah. but I definitely know that there are so many girls, especially like in my grade, that are like, oh my god, I have to get into college, mm-hmm. and that's definitely one of like their big concerns, so I definitely feel when it comes to really balancing your mm-hmm. time, I think it probably is manageable, but one of the things, at least for me especially, is like, I need to be the top of every single class and obviously I'm not but (laughs) it's just like I just have like this idea of perfection Mm -hmm. and it's just not attainable because I cannot simultaneously be perfect in academics and my social life and like extracurriculars Mm -hmm. like it's just you can't Mm -hmm. do that Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that we all really need Mm -hmm. to understand because I feel like I don't want to say that we're in a set 
like the bar at like our minimum but just know that we're trying our best and maybe not like you need to prioritize mm-hmm. your time That's I also really think you need to, to reevaluate your time so we actually I did an activity last year with the health classes about just looking at your life and your time and where it's been on a pie chart mm-hmm. and it was <clears throat> uncanny like how much they needed more than 24 hours in a day everybody Mm -hmm. with what they were saying that they spend their time on and how they spend their time everybody needed like a 36 hour day and it's my therapist yeah it's impossible to do that and so seeing where you're spending the majority of your time and how you can change it also shows you one your value system like if you're spending the majority of your time like school is your job right now right Mm -hmm. for the most part some people have other jobs and other commitments outside but school is your job if you're spending an inordinate amount of time doing your homework or doing school to where you have no family time, where you have no playtime with social media or anything, like, you're going to be stressed. That's mm-hmm. where anxiety and stress will come in. But if your life is more balanced, if everything's in moderation, it's going to be better. But every, I mean, almost everybody needed more than a 24-hour day. It was just uncanny. And you can't, you can't function like that. Nobody can function like that healthily. Yeah, I think it's, um, at least at Academy, like, um, girls need to realize that you can't spread yourself that thin and you mm-hmm. have to it's not a competition between who's doing best or like mm-hmm. who's um, at the top or whatever who has the most followers mm-hmm. like that's just not important honestly you're competing with yourself you shouldn't be comparing yourself to anybody else mm-hmm. um, I know like within my grade there's a lot of that like competition between like oh who's at the top of yeah. who's the best like yeah. who's I don't know whatever like it's it's a lot of yeah it, it, yeah. It's, it is pervasive of this competition you know Throughout the school, it happens at so many schools. It's not just ours, mm-hmm. it's, but it's that culture. The culture of comparison is so strong right now. Mm-hmm. So strong right now. And sometimes you have to just step back and say, I'm doing a good job. Like, yeah. I'm <clears throat> doing the best that I can. If you don't feel like you're doing the best that you can, then evaluate that. Am I just being too hard of a critic? Or do I have fuller potential that I'm not reaching because I'm not taking care of myself? Mm-hmm. There was this one quote that I read last year in Mindy Kaling's novel, I forget I forget the title of it, but it was one of her. It was like her second like self help book, mm-hmm. and I just recently started going to therapy at that time. And it was at the very end, and it's the quote was, "If you got it, flaunt it, and if you don't got it, flaunt it." It's like, <laughs> what are we even doing here? We're not flaunting it. it. I love it. And yeah. it's like, I totally agree with that mm-hmm. because we're. I feel like especially these questions of like who's. I'm like, mm-hmm. you are the who mm-hmm. because you are best. You are the best in your mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's at least like. I really shouldn't say that because I compare myself every day to every other person. Yeah. But I really think that's, like, the mentality to have because mm-hmm. no one's going to be you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the only Chloe. Mince, there is. Yeah. <laughs> There's other Chloes. But what I'm is the only that, Chloe Dr. Like Seuss quote? Like, nobody's you than you or whatever. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's true. And, but I think the first step that you could do is acknowledge that. Like, acknowledge mm-hmm. that you're putting pressure on yourself and acknowledge the pressure that's around you in the environment. And, like... But you continuing to put pressure on yourself, we always worry about other people more than we worry about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, think about it. You're affecting the air in the room when you're Mm -hmm. putting that kind of pressure on yourself, whether or not you're saying a word. It's just that mentality that you're bringing in. And if you're perpetuating the stress, if you're perpetuating what's going on in your own self, it is funneling out around you everywhere. We all do it. We all do it. I know. I've, like, experienced that where I've had to, like, reevaluate, like, hey, where's... Where am I, where's my stress coming yep. from? Like, a lot of the times, um, when I take a step back and look, it's me. Like, yeah. I'm the one who's making myself stressed out. And it's, it's, you have to take time to realize, like, hey, yeah. okay, 
is my stress coming from me, like an inside place, something that I need to look at and fix, or is it coming from something else? Mm-hmm. If it's coming from something else, okay, we can address that. But mm-hmm. a lot of the times, it's like from yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's certain things so. that aren't in your control, and that's yeah. harder to deal with, but most of the stuff is. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's really just me making a mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> yes. that's, that's really all it is. But you guys are acknowledging it, you're trying to work on it, and you're trying to make a change, which is amazing. Like, you're trying to affect a culture here that mm-hmm. is... That is what we're, we're all trying to do. The teachers are working on it. We're working on it as faculty. We read that book together as a counseling department. Like, everybody's aware of it, at least, which is, like, the first step is just having an awareness and then having these, these types of conversations, but, like, on a larger level. You know, hopefully this podcast will start more conversations around mm-hmm. the school. Yeah, I, I wanted to give kudos to the school because I know, like, um, since my freshman year, I, I didn't really, like, notice if there was a lot of conversations surrounding mental health, but, like, as I progressed mm-hmm. throughout academy I've noticed more and more people like paying attention to mental health mm-hmm. and like my teachers you know that's awesome so I'm glad that you know it's it's being talked about mm-hmm. so kudos mm-hmm. to you guys kudos to the All you know right. guys we can keep working on it don't worry yeah. <laughs> speaking of guidance I wanted to kind of talk about like resources at academy because mm-hmm. we're very blessed that we have a lot mm-hmm. of like resources mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. that we can mm-hmm. go to so I don't know if you want to kind of go like a rundown through the um, guidance office. I yes. think a lot of people don't even know what's in here. Or exactly. Who's in exactly. Here. I know. So you have, um, we have three personal counselors. Mm-hmm. So you've got Sister Mary Clavin, who's the head of our department. She's the personal counselor for the freshmen and sophomores. And then you have Ms. Dykus, who is the personal and college and career counselor for the ninth and 10th graders. And then she also helps with me if I'm out, if somebody needs to see. We're basically like triage for anybody that needs to come. So there's three personal counselors accessible in this building. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you have two college counselors who are purely focused on college and and furthering your path towards college and helping you and consulting with you about that Um, and being here very, very knowledgeable, both coming from a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of background of the college environment. And um, really, like, I've heard when I went to them as a college, like, as a student here, it, like, alleviated the stress of, like, why am I making this so much bigger than it is? Like, mm-hmm. okay, you've got this. You can do this. It just made it easier to clarify it directly with them. Then you have Dr. Grice and Ms. Martinez, who are learning resource specialists. And they um, not only work with girls on support plans, but they also work with the whole school if you need, if you need help. A through L, M through Z, same split. Um, if you need help with time management, organization, study skills. They do classes with the freshmen to talk about study skills in the first semester. Um, so they're really there as, a, as an academic support, another academic layer in a different way. And then Ms. Zumo, who is literally like the glue of our She's department. So yeah. I just yeah. love Ms. Yeah. She knows here. everything that's going on yes. with all of us. She knows everything that's pretty much going on in the school. Mm-hmm. And um, another just absolutely really great resource to have here. And you know, you have administration, too, who offers a lot of support in a lot of different ways um, for just larger scale things and systematic stuff. So if you ever need something changed on a systematic level, we should consult with them or you can come mm-hmm. to the counselors and we can advocate for you with that. So um, there's a lot there's a lot of resources here. And you have your teachers. You have, yeah, that's yeah. true. I think, like, <clears throat> we're so lucky to have these resources. We mm-hmm. have to, like, you know, use them when we when we need to. And mm-hmm. like you said, like, um, I feel like everybody in here is does a really good job of advocating for us. So if mm-hmm. you ever need somebody to, you know, advocate for you, you mm-hmm. have, you know, this whole office mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, like, really reassuring sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Mm-hmm. We try to do. Yeah. <laughs> we try. If somebody doesn't know how to reach you out or make an appointment, where would they do that? Um, so we have a counseling website that everybody has access to on their Veracross. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is a counseling yep. website now. I do mine via my, like, juniors and senior personal counseling page. Mm-hmm. You can always email any of us. You can always drop in on any of us. Yes. Um, and those drop-ins, you know, emergency or not, that's what I we're here that. for. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what we're here for. <clears throat> scheduled appointments, you know, sometimes my days can go where I've only scheduled appointments. Sometimes my days can go where it's all drop-ins. It's totally up to you, but... So they, I, I don't know how Ms. Dykus and Sister Mary Glavin do their other scheduling of appointments, but usually it's just reaching out to them via mm-hmm. email. I don't, I don't know if they have something on their particular counseling page. I haven't seen that yet. But for me, you go to your junior, senior personal counseling page and you can access that. Any one of us in here, though, you can email us and we, we will respond to that right away. Or you could just walk in here and Mizumo will air traffic controller yeah. <laughs> like point you the right place that you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she's here for. If you need a private room, mm-hmm. you can use one of our, you know, my office in particular. Like I I will vacate if you need a room just to chill out in for a little bit and I'll just go out there in the yeah. common area too. So. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, really important to know like how to use those resources and encourage people to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, the first step is just reaching out yes. and like getting help. Yes, and, and we're not. Scariest. We're on the third floor. Which side? Ugh. South. South. North. 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 Yes. Okay. Everybody North. goes to administration to yes. find this, and then they're like, yes. "This isn't where I was supposed to be." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like reaching out is mm-hmm. the first step, and mm-hmm. it can be scary. But trust me, guys, nobody in this office bites. Everybody in yeah. here is very sweet. I think it's very intimidating to come in here because, the, again, the stigma. You feel like immediately, mm-hmm. if I need help, there's something wrong with me. But the minute that you can actually ask for help, it empowers you so much more. Yeah. So much more. Like, you guys you guys have both had your personal experiences. I don't want to speak for you, but you guys mm-hmm. have gone to, like, a therapist and sought mm-hmm. it out. And it's so much more empowering to be like, I'm not in this alone, and yeah. I have somebody yeah. else that can support me, and that's okay. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to realize that you're not weird for yeah. asking for help. No. Like, if no. anything, you're brave. Like, you're so courageous yeah. for doing that. Like, it takes a lot of courage, and honestly, it's a, such, like, a important step for people to realize it's way more important honestly uh, anything i've ever read journals etc they say the minute that you actually sign up for a counseling appointment you feel better and that's when some people are like i don't need it anymore because i feel better wrong go follow through go (laughs) but they're like just the action of actually saying i know i need help Mm -hmm. makes everybody better because the people that don't ask for help are the people that would lead to something more serious and i definitely like again personal experience but I was 14 at the time and I just had so many mental breakdowns mm-hmm. like and I, I had like a rough year when I was in eighth grade it was mm-hmm. just very difficult with like personal and like family like relationships mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that and I just reached a point in which I knew I could not handle it on my mm-hmm. own and like obviously I'm very close to my parents as mm-hmm. you are Ma- mm-hmm. Amara and like I love them so much but I just I really needed to talk to someone else yeah. and that was that first step that really made me feel mm-hmm. some somewhat better. I, mm-hmm. I definitely think that I've made some improvement, <laughs> but it's just I think it's just really important because you you can't handle it on your own. Like even though it's your own stress, it's not only the actual task that you have to do, but also like the emotion. Mm-hmm. And because we're still growing as teenagers, we still mm-hmm. have so much more mm-hmm. to learn. Doesn't matter if you're thirty, eighty five. We all need mm-hmm. somebody, just to, especially somebody that can try to offer an unbiased opinion. A lot of times counseling is intimidating because it's a mirror back on yourself. 
Yes. But that's exactly what people need sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be me telling you what to do. It's supposed to be me reflecting you back to you. You know, and it can be scary. It's, yeah. It's very intimidating. Like, if I was to come in here, some people are like, what am I supposed to say to you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's anything, a, there's yeah. no list of what you have to say to me. There's no, you just can talk to me about whatever's on your mind. And eventually we'll get to what you actually wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not a, it's not a, shouldn't be a pressure induced environment, but I get I get why it is. I know for me, like, when I... Because I was kind of, like, in the same situation as you, Chloe. It was, like, my eighth grade year going into ninth grade year. I was having a lot of, like, Mm -hmm. trouble um, at home and things like that. I really wanted to talk to somebody. And I I was able to reach out to a therapist. But, like, uh, my first couple of sessions, I remember I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, Mm -hmm. why am I here? Like, Mm -hmm. is this really helping? Mm -hmm. And trust me, like, if you stick it out, like, it it is worth it at that Mm -hmm. end. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, I was just, just going to say, counseling doesn't always, it's not always, like, a one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, you know, that's why I love that we have three personal counselors here and that you can, you know, you can go. It, honestly, the work gets tougher. Mm-hmm. Things get harder because when you're reflected back to yourself, all of your insecurities come to the surface. And you can attribute that to, like, counseling in and of mm-hmm. itself. But really what it is, it's just you actually trying to deal with something. So it's uncomfortable. But once you can push past that, mm-hmm. it's like the day-to-day, the, the weekly counseling session or the monthly counseling session that you have with an outside therapist mm-hmm. really can be, like, actually life-changing, mm-hmm. you know. It, but it's it doesn't always – it could be four sessions for somebody. It could be ten sessions for somebody. It could be one <laughs> yeah. session for somebody. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, I'm doing better. Like, I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But it gets it gets harder before it gets better. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely think that sometimes there's even a stigma about going to see a counselor just because you're kind of scared, like you've said, of like being reflected back on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, I was worried about that, but my therapist has never ever asked me like, and how does that make you feel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they're not gonna ask me. Yeah. Like, I, I laugh. All the time when I'm there. I sit on a nice comfy couch uh-huh. and she's like, Chloe, oh my gosh, you're a character. Like it's a very conversational mm-hmm. kind of aspect. Mm-hmm. I just I really like that. I think that a lot of people should know that it's not gonna be like, Oh, you now have depression. Exactly. Now yes. you need to be on this medication. Exactly. Like it's not that and that medical. that's something I wanna clarify with you guys too. So I you know, outside therapist mm-hmm. diagnosis mm-hmm. treats like differently. We don't diagnose here. We're not we're not looking at you as like a list of criteria yeah, from the DSM right. of like you have this, this and this. Mm-hmm. This is conversational, this is person centered, student centered. This we are just a listening supportive ear for you. Um, we all have the qualifications, we all have the certifications, but we don't diagnose or treat. That is totally outside. If that's something that you need, we refer to an outside specialist. But so that should in make it hopefully less intimidating too. That yeah. we're not looking for a list of problems that you have. We're just a listening ear to be like supportive There's to you. So many That's resources good. available to us, and we should make sure that we're using them and prioritize our mental health. Thanks again.